So I think we have some quick follow-up. We do. God, I wish we didn't have that follow-up to mention. Right. So last episode, we mentioned this app called Ember, which is something that uh, Kevin Sue uses and I used to use, uh, which is uh, this app to capture inspiration and mood boards and anything, really. Um, and I said that I was going to give it another go. <laughs> and I said I, was, uh, I wanted to invest in this, in this system, But uh, apparently, Real Mac Software, the company behind it, is, as we mentioned, they discontinued the iOS app, so that was not a good sign to begin with. But basically, basically, Ember is dead. Uh, it hasn't been updated in a while, and from their forums and um, the way they talk about it, they, they, basically, they're going to start removing features like syncing. They're going to they're going to remove syncing. And well, wait, wait, wait. basically the app is dead. Just to be fair, it's not that they're going to remove features. It's that um, some features are going to stop working. So Dropbox is changing their API for syncing. Uh, so it would require extra work for them um, to like use the new, the new APIs from them uh, to keep like the syncing going over Dropbox. And I think a similar thing is happening with iCloud. Letting it die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what's worse, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, so so much for Ember. Uh, I guess I'm not going to give it another go. And um, I'll have to I'll have to think of something else. Uh, and if anyone has any suggestion, um, and if they listened to the last episode, they know what we were talking about, uh, feel free to reach out. And um, I could use some some advice on this. Yeah, um, so I was sort of thinking about maybe exploring the possibility of building one myself, but I don't know how difficult it would be. Um, I know that if I, if I ever did something, um, I would make it a lot simpler uh, and have a lot less features than, than they do, but I really want an app that that does this and that's modern and that i don't know that's that's updated and i'm not locked in into like a specific file format or something like that we went a gallery for a dropbox folder uh pretty much with like extra cool stuff so there there's yeah so there's the part of having like just a dropbox folder and an app that's basically a viewer for that um that's like more op optimized than than the finder there's also the um capturing a whole web page um with like relevant information so i want to know whenever i i capture a web page store the the url store the meta description sort of the title so that i can uh find it again you could have a, an ios app i think i could even be able to uh, grab Uh, page like images um, from the iOS app and you're not tied to a specific workflow so if you want to stop using it you can stop using it and you still have all your images sitting in the folder that you can browse through the system really easily so yeah I, I started looking into this I got a, a prototype of the like snapping the a web page um, like 80% done It's fairly easy to do, um, so I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll keep you updated on that. Cool. And if anyone has some free time, um, 
and they want to build this <laughs> do it yeah i don't know os 10 development is just so difficult it's really a pain in the ass um so i don't know if you're a mac developer and want to help out um i love that i think i know a guy okay so that's it for follow-up then yeah um let's get to the show now So Twitter uh, exploded the internet because they decided to change the stars and the favorites to hearts and likes. And the whole internet went crazy. As it does. Right. Because internet. So I think I think I don't have much opinions on it uh, specifically. I just have some thoughts on like the whole drama that it caused yeah. basically. Yeah. So, so I have some beef with the drama, not much with the actual change. Mm. But um, I want to hear what you think. Do you have some thoughts on this? I hope you do. Yeah. Because otherwise it would be boring. I think people need to chill the hell out. <laughs> Honestly, it's just an icon, guys. Like, don't don't overstress it. Like, it's not it's not gonna change how you use the. Twitter favorites or likes, you can still use them as bookmarks. You can still use them as whatever the hell you want. Um, they're just now maybe a little bit more understandable or approachable, I'd say, for a lot of people that like that aren't Twitter users from like the past, like I don't know, five years or whatever. Yeah, I think it's fine. What do you think? Uh, so. But people that are against this move, um, some of the arguments that they use is that this like in the heart icon conveys a lot more like emotional uh, emotional presence on the action itself, which uh, a lot of people don't want to actually convey like emotions. And a star, it, it was very subjective. I mean, it could mean a lot of things, right? Even though there was the word favorite behind it, um, it could mean a lot. So people were using it for a lot of different um, different use cases. So some people were using it as a bookmark. Some people were using it as a like a kind of acknowledge of a tweet. So someone mentions you saying something, something. You don't want to like reply back. So you could just you, you favorite and it was kind of like a nod, right? So so you had that. You had you had a lot of people using it for different things. So I think the heart is is better for just acknowledgement than the star yeah but what about bookmarks like if some people want to just save this there's a i mean i'm trying to play some devil advocate because i i for me it's like it's whatever i really don't really care <laughs> but um yeah um so do you use you use facebook right no no at all uh no i i quit facebook like four to five years ago and I recently uh, reactivated my account just because of the Framer group. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but yeah, so... All right. Well, nope. so I use, I use Facebook. I'm, I don't check it a lot, but I try to give it a little look whenever I get notifications or something. So, so I skim it. Um, and one thing I've noticed is that 
I like a whole lot of stuff on, on Facebook. I like things all the time. I see, I don't know, a new picture from my friend that they seem to be having fun. I'm just going to like it. Or like, I don't know. I, I, the like is part of, um, of the Facebook experience in a way that I felt like the Twitter phase was more of a conscious thing, conscious decision. So uh, the the way I use um, the Facebook like is is more as a an acknowledgement of I've seen this, I think this is cool, it's awesome, whatever. But there's no implication that I'm gonna come back to this or this is gonna be my all time favorite Facebook favorites. Um, and there because there's no way to to go and see past uh, favorites and uh, likes in, in Facebook. But the Facebook like is a, is a way more, is more clear of an action. You know what this means. If you click that button, is to say that you like this, either a post or a photo or a status update or whatever. Yeah. So there wasn't really much room for interpretation in the user side. This is to like stuff. And on, favorite, it, uh, on, on Twitter, it wasn't with the face. So... Now Facebook is kind of pushing that down our faces. Like now this means to like, right? Yeah, but that's what it means everywhere. In Instagram, in uh, Vine, in Periscope. They all use hearts and it's all like. Yeah. That's like, I think that's where Twitter wants to go. Um, to not make uh, faves be this thing that you give out rarely. And that is like, just a, I don't know, a collection of your all-time favorite tweets. Because if you go look in mine, I I curate the the favorites really carefully. I I don't I don't favorite stuff that uh, just to acknowledge it. I'll send like a thumbs up or whatever if I want to acknowledge something. But uh, that means that I'm using uh, likes or favorite a lot less than than if it was. Um, a just like, and it's it's just to sort of give a quick reply, I guess, um, to the tweet without having to uh, type anything. So, do you think this change will kind of affect the way you use it, this feature? Do you think you're going to start to like more tweets than before? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm invested into this way of doing it right now mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, I sort of, <laughs> I've been doing that for so long that I sort of don't want to <laughs> uh, ruin my precious list of, of good tweets. Um, but but the thing is, and that's what's great about their changes, that I don't have to you to interpret the likes as um the new way of of doing it right i can still like things the way i've i've done it in the past i'll still have my list of of likes um that i can curate however i want i can use them as as bookmarks if i want i can do whatever um it's fairly flexible in that way but that's you on your end because the the people, the author of the, the tweets that you are liking, they can interpret it. Well, I guess now it's kind of clear. You like, someone liked this. Yeah, the only downside is, yeah, the only downside is um, if something bad happened and 
for some reason you want to bookmark it or you want to um, acknowledge it or something like that, then like is kind of awkward. Um, right. Well, same thing. That that happens with Facebook all the time yeah. as well. But you know what? <laughs> I, I thought about it that like, oh, um, sometimes I don't mean to like. But what about favorites? Like if something bad happens, like someone died and you like... And, and kind of acknowledge and bookmarking, does that even mean that that tweet is one of your favorite tweets? Yeah, exactly. The favorite wasn't much better, right? Yeah, but people just like discarded what it what actually could mean and just like, okay, I, they gave it their own interpretation. And let's keep one thing clear. Like all of this drama and this discussion and all these opinions, these are the nerds. These are like the people that we follow and people who care too much about this stuff because... The majority of Twitter users, they weren't favoring to bookmark stuff, I'm going to assume. And like most important of all, and this is kind of what pisses me off, is that when people just comment this super negative things about this design change and they are targeting the Twitter's designers that probably spend a lot of time on this, and they were A-B testing this back in June or something, Um What kind of pisses me off is like the disregard for all of the work. Like we don't have the context. We don't know. We weren't in the meetings that they discussed this. We have no back knowledge that informed this decision. And we kind of just like bash it based on our own current opinions. Like made that took us two seconds to think of this and just like bam. So you know what? They've been testing this. They have some data. And yeah, I've seen somewhere. I think they shared the the number somewhere. Yeah, yeah, six percent more interaction, more engagements. Yeah, there you go. So I actually tweeted about this because that data is like from the first weeks. I don't know if um, I don't know if the, that six percent is related just because it, it's a new thing. So people, of course, are going to interact more because it's new. So I don't know if uh, down the line, like a year, we're going to see the same numbers. Well, but I also think that it's a mentality shift and it might take some time for people to move over to, I, I guess, what you call the new way um, uh, of right. uh, liking things on Twitter. So, so for example, me, I might, I might keep going with my, these are only my favorite tweets, but, but then as more and more people start using favorites as i've seen this thanks or whatever um then i might start doing it more so do we know if uh, twitter is going to force third-party clients to change yes the favorites to likes yep they changed their um uh, api requirements and uh, third-party does will have to update okay so i can i have nothing left to add on this discussion yeah um Well, we we talked a little bit about all the negativity. Um, if you wanna if you wanna lose faith in humanity, um, go check um, the tweets announcing the the future the future by. I don't remember who it was. Either like a designer or a PM or something uh, that worked on this. It's really depressing. <laughs> Some people are like. The the heart is ruining my life. You need to be fired over this, blah, blah, blah. You're, I don't know, like ridiculous stuff. That's crazy. It's just an icon. It makes me think of um, the when they changed the Spotify green and everyone was losing their, their shit. It's like, chill out, people. 
So some news channel account, Twitter account, posted um, like a Twitter poll uh, saying if they liked the change. 88% said no. Uh, I'm reading through the replies and it's kind of depressing. And that's, you know what, if, if no one made a big deal about this and it was just a change and we were now discussing this on this podcast, probably the discussion would be would go a lot different. But it's because of the drama and because of the negativity that actually, you know what, just made me more uh, like compassionate with them. Like, guys, go easy. Like, whatever. Yeah, and... I've actually been thinking a lot about this um, and in a more general way. So why do like people hate change, right? Right. But so whenever you introduce something, most of the time people are going to hate it. But what's the alternative? Keep things this the same forever. That doesn't seem to be like a very good scalable way to do things either. Like things have to adapt and evolve. Otherwise, they get sk- they get stale, um, and then they get I don't know they get they get worse over time. So you have to keep making changes and making things better. But the problem is that let's say once you've sort of get used to something and it's worked its way into your workflow and you know how to use it and everything is like ju- you're you sort of adapt yourself to um, the way something is done and. The, the way to see it is, uh, and that's uh, something that uh, Brad Frost mentioned in his workshop, is basically you're like on an escalator. Um, and so at the bottom is zero knowledge. And at the top is the full knowledge of, of the UI or whatever. And so people are sort of in the middle, right? Uh, and whenever you introduce something new, you you take that person and you move them down a couple of steps. That's interesting. But the way the way I see it, and that's why people don't like it. Um, but the way I see it is, you might be moving them down a couple of steps, but you're probably moving them to an escalator that goes up quicker. Hmm. Yeah, does yeah, that yeah. make sense? It does. So like. Right now, it might be slightly worse for you because you have to sort of relearn everything that you learned uh, that you knew before, and you sort of have to adapt to the feature. So that might take a little bit of time and make you less productive. But over the long run, your the feature is is either easier to understand. It's gonna make your workflow quicker. So you're you're on the faster path. Um, I think that's why we can't we can't just say all right like let people like it let's just leave that there because um, at some point some someone's gonna come come in with a faster escalator than you and people are gonna move and in a month people will forget exactly. about this and just use yeah. it normally remember be people, people hated iOS seven oh <laughs> yes <laughs> they really hated yeah. Imagine that if Apple would go back. Oh, sorry, guys. Here's iOS 6 yeah. again. I, I love how everyone was saying like, oh, <laughs> iOS, iOS 7 is just, it's a new thing. They're going to improve it. They're going to change it. And that's going to be like nice and polished again. And then they never changed it for, for three years. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't know. That was a massive change. So uh, if you like this podcast, please like it on Twitter. <laughs> Is uh did Overcast change the likes too? <laughs> no. I think I think it's still recommend. Yeah, but it has a little star emoji. 
So maybe people should be able to recommend tweets. That's called retweet. Okay, so you have anything else on the Twitter thing? No, that's it. Everyone's beating this to death. Okay, so I, I, I just feel that we had to we have to give our take on it. Just a little brief. Acknowledge it. Favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have to fave this topic. Okay. So next thing I wanted to talk to you about is Apple TV, which came out uh, last week, right? I guess. Uh, and we... I think so. I, th- I think it was like Monday or something. Or, or the one before. I don't know. I... Well, I've recently. had it for a long time. I've had the dev kit, so right. I, so you had a dev kit. I didn't. Yeah, I just got it on uh, day one. Shit, actually, rather quick. Uh, like in Portugal, we usually have some delays on this product's um, releases, but not the Apple TV. So I was kind of surprised with that, and I already spent some good time with it and I have some thoughts. Um, I think you do too. So I just wanted to talk um, about the UI, which. Is a new platform. Is it has a new OS and has a new UI for TV, which is a platform that we don't see that that many explorations in, like for, from designers. I think. So the first thing that uh, that I saw a lot of people complaining about, which they have some, some arguments, valid points there, which is uh, Apple TV has a, a white UI, like all the background is white, and usually you don't yeah. see this for TVs. Or anything like content galleries or something like that, and I can see that they basically say I'm watching a movie and I press the home button and I get blind for a, <laughs> a couple of seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, and of course the old Apple TV had a dark UI, so this was the first like major change. Um, and we kind of discussed this in one of those unreleased episodes like three years ago or something. Yeah, yeah, and I think you nailed it. The, the reason why they did it. Right. So my theory is that they basically changed it to white because otherwise um, all of the depth perception, they couldn't use shadows. If the background would be, if the background would be black, they couldn't use shadows. And to have the, I mean, this is very, very, uh, it's one of the most important aspects of this UI is the depth perception. Like uh, you, you float the elements around. Uh, when they're active yeah the uh the ui focus right thing right. that they use everywhere that's how they they tell you you're you've selected that that item is that shadow and it sort of zooms in a little bit right but um if you had a dark background then it would be impossible to, to see that the thing came into focus so right i i think that's the best explanation of why it's white yeah, and I can't think of anything else. And I think that, that was like one of the early decisions. And okay, just stick it to white, and it's not that big a deal. Um, yeah. So that's the first thing. Second, like the whole UI, which is not, I guess you can still call it like flat design in a way. So we don't we don't have that we don't have textures and all that. We do we do have a lot of these like the um, how do you call it the Z index thing <laughs> elements float. Yeah. Um, and that's a again a huge part of it, and it's kind of I feel that when 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 Microsoft released the Metro design, I don't know what they call it now, like the Windows Seven, Eight, Windows Eight. The artist formerly known as uh, Metro. Right. Well, yeah. So when Microsoft <laughs> released Metro and um, iOS Seven and Material Design, I I, I kind of have this uh, this idea that. Like digital design language went through like a reset 
in a way, we went back to the basics. Yeah. And now we add stuff on top, right? So this Apple TV UI, it feels like that. It's like we took the flat approach, like bare bones, minimal um, elements, and we're kind of we're kind of adding stuff on top. And this depth perception is one of the one of that things. That and the parallax effect, which I have, I can't find a, 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 like any utility in it. It just looks cool, and I think that's the only thing that it that adds to the UI, the parallax thing of the icons yeah i i kind of love that it's there though it it's like this totally like this thing that doesn't serve any sort of purpose the only reason why it's there is to add the light to the interface is to me like a great sign that they they care about like the little details and even though like i just think about how much time it must have taken to convert all these um, movie posters to use the parallax thing. Like someone had to do that and spend hours and hours converting all these movie posters to do parallax. Well, it's not all, but yeah. <laughs> well, most of them. Like, and so the recent ones. Not only the recent ones. There's a bunch of old like classics that have been changed too. Right, The Wire, um, the wire has it. Uh, yeah. I, I I'm going to assume that Apple uh, like asked the content providers to do that. I don't think it was made by Apple. All of that. I don't know. I I'd be very curious to know sort of how it happened. Because can you imagine calling up like a like movie studio or whatever? <laughs> Tell them yeah. So can you go back to your catalog, pull out all the files, and then like separate them into like three paint three planes so that we can use them in our fancy new ui (laughs) like even even if apple like no apple designer or whatever did any of the actual work (laughs) just getting the all the different movie studios and everything to do it themselves is like an incredible amount of work that's a good point convince these people and I, i think only apple could have done this yeah I don't see like well only Apple cares about these things. Which is great. This is why we love him. But right. um uh, I have another point which is the remote um yeah. I mean a lot of people have talked about this and I don't want to dwell much in the remote itself like the hardware but I just find interesting the like the the trackpad the the, the touchpad of the remote. Mhm. It was kind of weird for me, like in the like in the first thirty seconds of using it, something was not clicking, uh, not literally, but huh. um, and I, I tried to think why, and it's it's like we have trackpads on our Macs, um, like computers, right? We use that, but we use that to to manipulate a cursor. Right, so any movement that you are either scrolling or you're moving your cursor, so that's what the trackpad is doing. And of course, on on touch screens, we are directly manipulating the content that we like above our finger. And with this, this is a touchpad, like this is a trackpad, but you are not moving your cursor; you are moving a selection in a way. It's it's a different approach. It's kind of weird. Yeah, well, I think it's the only way to do it on TV, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I prefer that to having your cursor on screen all the time. Kind of like the Wii. Oh, yeah. I guess Wii does that, right? I don't, I never had a Wii, but. 
Like you have a little cursor. You yeah, point the, the Wii is kind of annoying because it tries to let you do both. But then, so if you're controlling with the D-pad and you ex- accidentally like move the remote over the screen, it'll try to focus where you're pointing. Um, so yeah, the Wii is not great for its, uh, for its UI. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the, the swipey thing. I think it's much better than just having a D-pad. Yeah. Because a lot of the times you want to, you want to scroll like a list or something. It's perfect for lists and for scrubbing. That's the best scrub on a video that I've, I've used. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. The downside of that is as soon as you touch that little swipey thing, <laughs> you're you're skipping your your video or bouncing around the interface. No, you're um, not. You know what? I I found that yeah. Sometimes I was like trying to reach out for the remotes and I accidentally touched the yeah. the touchpad thing, and you see yeah. the little scrubbing. But if you just press the the menu button, you go back to like it's not actually yeah, skipping the video. So yeah. Um, well, you, yeah. 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 I discovered that not a long time ago <laughs> i was like oh that's cool but I didn't think to do that uh something that we talked about like when back when it was announced and i i actually just thought of this right now and i don't i don't have the apple tv next to me so i can't test this but do you remember uh, someone saying that like if you're further apart like further apart from the tv the yes like the shadow like increases like the elements are yeah. closer to the screen is that still yeah. thing? Can you confirm this? So this it? was a thing. Yeah, this was a thing I wanted to to test, and I guess I was really curious about it. Um, that's something that's from their um, human interface guidelines. Uh, I don't know. I'll I'll try to find it later. Um, yeah, basically the the way it translates because we didn't know really what would happen. Basically, what they say is um, when you sort of step away from the TV. Um, the current thing that's selected should get bigger and the background behind it should sort of fade out. Um, and the idea was that, um, let's say you're stepping away from your TV, going <clears throat> to the bathroom or something, uh, and suddenly you're further from the TV, then you can really easily see the thing that's focused because it gets bigger. Um, and we didn't really know how they would do that. The question was like, how they know where you are in relation to the TV. So it's like maybe maybe they're using your phone, the position of your phone, the remote, and then the position of I guess the Apple TV, and then trying to figure out based on that. These all these ther- theories are wrong, <laughs> and the way they do it is actually much simpler than that. Is um, they use the accelerometer on the TV remote. And it's basically, if you haven't touched the, uh, the remote for, I, I haven't like calculated the time, but let's say if you don't touch it for four minutes or something, um, then it, that's what it does. It, it zooms in the currently selected item and then has like a darker backdrop uh, in the background. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's it. Oh man, much disappoint. <laughs> so yeah, so you can stay close to the TV or whatever. Um, and as, as long as you don't touch the remote, don't move it. And if you leave it on the couch, like a slight movement um, will will like m- 
make it like come back to like the regular regular screen um but like if you set it on a table or something um it'll do it oh man i thought that was like you know going into the screensaver mode uh it does it's like the period before that so this same i guess the same way that on the laptop you your screen first goes to to uh screensaver and then the screen turns black well for this the element is like folk gets like even more focused and if it stays even longer then it'll fall back to the wallpaper right. uh, the the screensaver so again like i i don't know that there's a huge uh usefulness to that it's cool uh and i guess it maybe helps you find the selected icon better but yeah. other than that it's not like it's not world changing anything yeah well overall um i'm pretty happy with it um the thing of using the remote to adjust the the volume on your tv and to turn it on and off oh my god it's the best thing about this yeah and it worked flawlessly for like two days and right now i can't turn the tv on oh really i don't it stopped working just like out of sudden the volume still works and when i turn it off uh, it works as well but I don't know. Can't turn mm-hmm. it on right now. I've heard other people have the same thing. Yeah. That, um, and I have no way to like change it. There's no like reset IR things, settings or whatever. <laughs> have you tried unplugging the HDMI and then replugging it? The HDMI? Yeah. But it's not, it's not done through HDMI, I think. It's a direct uh, infrared thing. Uh, I think. Maybe. Yeah. I actually turn off the HDMI all the time because sometimes I have to plug in my computer. So I use the same. <laughs> oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, it's pretty cool. And I mean, Netflix app, if you use Netflix uh, on some other device than the old Apple TV, it's the same UI. Uh, before I I watched Netflix on my PS4, it was pretty good. I think it's still, like performance-wise, it's still better than the new Apple TV. Um, oh, really? Yeah. HBO... N- now or go now the latest service uh, hbo now like the, the design go. i think now is the thing go is the old one uh i don't know i'm staring at a, a screenshot from the uh human interface guidelines with the hbo go app so i don't know maybe maybe they have both yeah well yeah i'm pretty sure it's now anyway uh the design is like pretty cool it's very different from all the other apple tv apps that i've seen so that's pretty cool but super slow everything <laughs> super slow um siri remote it's awesome like really awesome i just like i i i think they should they should um integrate it better with third-party uh and, apps and they're planning to and maybe to dictate passwords right yeah i don't know i kind of don't want it I, I don't want my password anywhere near a tv screen to be honest what do you mean like if well, I don't know if there's people around or whatever. Like you have, if it, let's say you you invite friends and you want to watch a movie, and then you have to enter your password on on the Apple TV. Well, you probably already have entered all the passwords. Like when you have friends over to watch a movie. Well, by by but by default, whenever you're making purchases, you have to enter your password. No, you don't. If you set to never ask again. Yeah, but that's not the default. That's what I'm saying. It's not. No. They ask you. Oh, yeah, maybe they ask you. 
uh, first time I made a purchase, yeah, they ask you like, do you want me to ask you for the password all the time or like every other day or never? And I was like, nope, never. But I don't know. I feel like there there should be an option that is, yes, I want to enter my password all the time, but I don't want you to broadcast it to everybody. I see your point. I mean, yeah. But still, like uh, text input on the Apple TV is the worst thing of this platform. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> well, terrible. Um, just an, But I don't know that there's a better way you could do it. Uh, yes, there there is. You could uh, update the freaking remote app on your iPhone and use that like we used to. Well, yeah, obviously. But but yeah, so they they discontinued the remote app and like it's one of those things like there has to be a reason, but I can't think of one. I have no idea why they would discontinue that. Anywho, um, yeah, I don't and you know what? Another thing, like for example, um, what's the name of that game? Beat Sports. Yeah, you can use an iPhone as a remote. I know, right? And. Yeah, but you have to download their app to use. Yeah. It's an app just to use as a remote for that. So if a lot of apps... Same for Across Your Road. Yeah. If a lot of apps want to use, an, you know, be able to use an iPhone as a, a second remote, you would have to download all of the individual apps for the individual games. And I guess if Apple updated a remote app to work on this and, you know, allow, allow it to, to basically serve as a remote, uh, third-party apps wouldn't have to do all this crazy stuff. So again, I sort of feel like you should be able to pair multiple Apple TV remotes too. You can't? I think you could. No, you can't. Oh. It's only one. That sucks. Really? Can't you buy a second yeah. one and just... No. Only one at a time. So what about if you buy like the, the game controller things and you want to play like a multiplayer game? That I'm not sure. I know for sure the Siri remote, you can only pair one. But the controller, I'm not sure. Oh, that sucks really hard. I have to double check. Yeah. Um, just, I, I wanted to mention, like, the Siri on the Apple TV feels so natural. Right. It feels like what Siri was meant to be. I know. Because on your phone or on your watch, I don't know, half of the time you're, you're at a mall or something, and then you just look that crazy person that's talking to your phone or watch. But whenever you're at home, like, you don't care right and it's it's so much better than the default way of, of searching that siri is a huge improvement whereas on your phone siri might be like a second faster than just digging through your phone but not that much so i think siri makes so much sense on the apple tv yeah and at home like i use i've been using siri a lot more uh, with the success cuz i have it like, so I work from home and I have my computer and I have the, the iPhone on this dock, mm-hmm. like, by my side. So a lot of times I just want to check something or ask something and I just say, hey, Siri, and uh, and that works. But again, it's at home. I have no one near me. Right. Because it's, it's always awkward yeah. <laughs> talking to your phone with, with people around you. Yeah. Uh, I have another peep peeve with the Apple TV. Shoot. It's my last one. And this is uh, only... It's one of those things like I shouldn't have this problem, but if you live in Europe and you are kind of a nerd and you created an American Apple ID, uh, like iTunes ID, whatever, accounts. Mm. So with my old Apple TV, um, I wanted to use Netflix and Netflix wasn't available in my country. So I had to do some hacking and (laughs) 
like I, I have some VPN and all to be able to actually access Netflix here. And so I was doing that. And with this new Apple TV, because it has the App Store, like a lot of apps um, that you already have, basically they if you updated, you had the, uh, like you didn't have to buy it twice if it, it was an universal app for TV and iOS. So if you had it for iOS, you could just install it on TV. Um, and I was, like I had to sign in with my American secondary uh, Apple ID, but then you can't access with your regular, in my example, Portuguese account, right? my main Apple, uh, iTunes ID. So um, it's a juggle that I haven't found. Um, I haven't found a solution yet. Like I can't, you can't have two iTunes accounts. You can be logged in into different iTunes accounts. If I log in my Portuguese one, I can't like, it's kind of crazy because like half of the apps are not available. Oh, even Siri is not available. Yeah, you can't even use a Siri remote. Ah, like, no. It's called Siri remote, for God's sake. So you can't even use Siri. So like, if you buy, if you just do what Apple tells you to do, and if you buy an Apple TV here in Portugal, and I, I'm going to assume a lot of European countries, um, you buy an Apple TV and it's kind of useless. Like it really is. Like iTunes here, we don't even have TV shows in iTunes. Um, it's kind of crazy. So like it was, it was a no-brainer. I had to log in with my American accounts, but then I can access all of the apps that I have, and even uh, Apple Music and all that with my main account. So that has been kind of crazy. Um, I tried to like pretty recently, and this is this was a huge mess. I tried to add my American account to my main account via like a family plan. Whoa. You know that? Like family plan? <laughs> I try to do yeah. that. Because like, man, I'm such a genius. Because then I can share the purchases. Can you even do that? No. You only can <laughs> okay. add accounts from the same region or country. So, right. and because of that, uh, like my girlfriend uh, like gave me an early Christmas present and she bought me the James Bond collection on, on iTunes. Nice. All the 23 movies, yeah. That's pretty, pretty cool. And that that collection is not even available on the Portuguese account, like iTunes. So I had to buy uh, that from my American accounts. <laughs> and then I was like, nice. I want to download this on my computer just, you know, just to have them offline or just back them up and stuff. So I did that, like on iTunes, on my Mac. I logged in with my other account. And basically I got locked down, locked out of my main accounts because it says like... For the next 90 days, you can't change iTunes IDs on this computer again. So right now, I can't log in. I mean, I can't log in with my main account, but I can't access like my iCloud library and all this stuff, like music library. So now I'm locked up. <laughs> and this sucks so hard, and this was a huge mess. And it's kind of yeah. like I can't really complain because, you know, you're not supposed to do this. <laughs> But yeah, it's, you it's sort of pain. understand why it doesn't work because it's yeah. kind of a convoluted process. But like the reason why you had to do that was because of silly Americans that <laughs> don't make their thing work in other places. Yeah, yeah, f off Americans. Yeah, that really sucks. Fault. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm lucky enough that for this, um, the in Canada, everything is supported. So look at you. I don't have to do any of this. I have just one account. and Yeah, and you know what? It's that. And now this I can complain because this you should be able to do. You can't change 
regions of your your Apple ID, like iTunes account. Imagine that I moved to the US, right? Now I'm living in oh, the US. Yeah. And I have my Apple ID with all the purchases, all of my music, all of the movies that I bought, all of that, all the apps. And uh, like I want to change region. Now I, like now I live in this country. <laughs> like, let me update my information and you can't do that. Like there's no way for you to do that. That's crazy. It is. It's like, has anyone at Apple ever had to change country? Like they must have, right? Right. I guess you ha you, I mean, I, the only solution is you have to create another account. But you're going to lose all of your purchases. Yeah, it's crazy that's so good. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Since we're on a roll, another PP of mine. My main account, my main Apple ID, I still have a Hotmail <laughs> domain. Like That's the email address <laughs> for it. Created like when I was, I don't know, 12 or something. That I'm pretty sure you can change. You can change. But here's the thing. Like I have a Hotmail account. Like I don't even have that. I can't access that email anymore. But that's not relevant. I use the Gmail for my American. And then, okay, so I want to change email. So I'll use the the me, like the mobile me at a time, that, that email address. And you can't because when you create a, um, a mobile me account, you will automatically create an Apple ID for it. So it's already oh, associated yeah. with another Apple ID. So... Well, you, wait, okay, here's what you do. You use your Gmail account and you do like the thing before the at sign, you add plus whatever, and that'll make it seem like a different email address. But so using still Elias? Go, yeah. Hmm. Actually, I, I don't think I've tried it. Maybe that can work. Yeah, that, that will probably work. Because um, that, that's what I'm using every time I need to have multiple email addresses for right. for different accounts. Uh, that's how I did like multiple accounts on Twitter and things like that. Um, smart. So So that should work. And you can add just like a plus sign in, like you don't have to do anything on the Gmail back office. No, you don't. Yeah, exactly. It just forwards, goes directly to, to your uh, inbox. That's cool. Yeah, I'm going to try that then. I'll report back. Cool. Okay. You know what grind my gears? What? Family, family Guy reference. Never mind. Oh, no. I, I've never watched Family Guy. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, that's it for Apple TV. Do you have any... Okay. Um, well, you had a lot of complaints, uh, but <laughs> I I just want to say that I really like it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It, it feels like it's finally the Apple TV that we should have had Definitely. for all these years. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying watching stuff on there um, and trying out the apps and everything. So uh, even though like we maybe spend time complaining about the little things, I think overall this is a really great product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that's right. I shouldn't leave on a, on a negative note. Uh, I love it. I've been using it like a lot more. Oh, one more thing I wanted to talk about. Um, was I think it's interesting to look at um, iOS, Apple uh, TV OS, and Watch OS, and seeing how um, the sort of iOS nine style diverged and sort of evolved uh, with all these platforms. Right? What What do you think about this? Like, do you do you think that um, basically Apple TV is their the latest like 
best designed thing that and that it might come to the other platforms or do you think they're really on a, on separate tracks yeah do you do you think they they should be more similar uh, between them or or what I, i don't think one's better than the other this is like a modern one this is a fresh start for it and you can't say this is better designed than ios so ios we're on ios 9 now it's like version one they they, they had a clean fresh Uh, start and it's a lot easier <laughs> to look good and to be um, more focused on the problem at hand and it's a it's a completely different approach uh, the way you interact with it uh, what you do with it so I, I wouldn't think it's it would be fair to kind of compare it um, kind of like when iOS came out compared to OS 10 was a lot better <laughs> a lot simpler a lot of, was a way better design right But um, things mature, things evolve, and complexity kicks you in the butt. But don't you feel like it's a little bit silly that, let's say, tvOS has round red buttons with like shadows on them, iOS is just plain text button, and um, Apple Watch is sort of in the middle? I don't know. You sort of wonder, is there like a direction that they're going for? Like, I think it has a, that particular thing of the buttons. I think it's, it has a lot to be like influenced by familiarity with the platform, because on iOS, if you remove the the, the background of a button, like you're on version nine, you probably you are using iOS for quite some years. You are very familiar with it. You kind of know what to expect and know what to find and how it behaves. So I think removing the background on a button, it wasn't that much of a big deal, but on the watch and the TV OS, it's kind of like we are re we are introducing a new platform, a new language, a new way you interact with stuff. So I think that's kind of like the safe bet, like make everything super obvious in a way, because you are kind of mm -hmm. teaching users uh, how this works. So I don't know. Right. I think it has something to do with that. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, it feels like um, Apple Watch and Apple TV is maybe a bit more polished if i can say than ios i think polished is the right word is the right word or not the right word not the right word it's like oh it's more focused more simple well yeah anyway. they they also are but uh no i i think they, if you're just talking about the the visual style of, of elements a lot of areas of of ios are look really rough <laughs> um Whereas these new platforms, I feel like, be, and maybe in part because they were a lot simpler and have less to do, um, just visually look better and more polished. Like, for example, the, um, the screen on the Apple TV, when you uh, select like a movie or something, looks amazing. It looks so good. And if you compare that to that same page, on iOS it's like fairly stark and white and boring right i i agree with that but i think it's kind of justified because iOS it's kind of old now and you have to add a lot of stuff and you have to rethink a lot of stuff every time you do a redesign or something you have to add features you have to add new elements you have to add all of that and then maintaining like a cohesive language across every single element year after year after update 
it's a uh, it's a lot harder to you know keep track of that so a lot of stuff is going to be left out like in a way is going to be neglected a little bit so maybe that's why because you can't keep everything super consistent and super uh, like give it a lot of attention um when you have a platform that has like nine years i think that's kind of why i mean because apple tv you have like you had like five things that you really have to focus and that's it that's what makes it like the whole ui and those are the things you had to focus on those are the things that we really think about and like when tvos 2 comes out you're going to add complexity most definitely and with three more complexity and then some of these older elements older stuff is going to be like they're working so we don't need to spend much time on it they're done and then things get left out and things got a little bit like not up to date and that's when it starts feeling a little rough around the edges i think same thing with the apple watch hmm. so i'm i'm gonna call it um i think that ios 10 will have um a design refresh not in the same way that um the transition from ios 6 to uh ios 7 but i i feel like 10 is like too big of a number for <laughs> for just keeping the same appearance appearance of the all the 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 ui and like the the operating system it feels like they need to make like visible changes and I think it'd be a great time to um, sort of take all the things that they've learned, designing the watch, designing uh, Apple TV, and, and sort of bring them back to to iOS. And I think, I don't know if you've read the Gruber's review of the iPad Pro, yeah. um, but keyboard support on iOS really sucks. And I don't know, it, it wouldn't make a lot of sense if they brought uh, the UI focus to iOS for to make it more powerful provide better better keyboard support so i don't know i i feel like next year we might see maybe a little more cohesive design language across the different platforms i wouldn't bet on it i don't think they're doing Interesting. that at least for next year and if they do it would be more like a mavericks yosemite style than uh, ios 6 to 7 yeah that that's the right way to put it i i think it's going to be an evolution it's not going to be a redesign it's it's going to be like adjusting a few little things and just making the over like refining some of the existing patterns um and the ui and give them give them a little a little polish because when you think about it the all the ui elements um, of iOS haven't been touched since iOS 7. Like, they didn't really change, apart from the the border radius of the uh, popovers and things like that. Um, that stuff is three years old. Three years is not a long time. You can't do a redesign well, every three years. <laughs> well, it's not redesign. It's, it's just a slight realign, I think. I don't know. I mean, I would like that. I would like to see that. But um, I'm not confident that they will. At least now. They like to move slow. Like when iOS 7 came out, we already had the Microsoft thing. and We had material design and all of this already. Like iOS 6 definitely felt um, like old. They were really desperately in need of that. I, yeah. I 
So I, and I don't I don't feel that they desperately need a redesign in a way. Well, but um what was it? Was it iOS 6 that redesigned a whole bunch of um of apps? Mm. Like you had the different Chrome, you had the um the maps app that was uh, like great toolbars, you had the oh, music yeah. app. Yeah, that um, was six. So they're not they're not against doing little tiny revisions uh over time. And I mean, who knows? Like we're we're just guessing. But but I feel like it's it's gonna be iOS ten. Like it needs to be something big, right? It can't just be like, oh, we made the thing more stable and uh we've added like slightly but better keyboard support. There you go. iOS ten people. Yeah. Well, maybe you're right. I don't know. I won't hold my breath for it, but uh, yeah, but let's wait and see. Okay, so this was our show. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find Mr. Kevin on the internet? I'm at VernalKick on Twitter, where you can like my tweets. Um, and I'm KevinClark.ca. And that's my website. And that I never update and never blog. <laughs> uh, so how about you? I am Rafa Hari on Twitter. And you can find like what I've been working on and stuff at uh, rafa.design. You can like my tweets as well. Or I can fave them. I, I will see fave, but um, yeah. And you know what? You can find uh, our this show's Twitter accounts where we post some news and updates and you can reach out to us through Twitter. We're at layoutfm on Twitter. And if you want to leave us some feedback via email, you can and check all our show notes and all that. You can go to lay, layout.fm on the web. There you go. All right. I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.